everyone to another episode of Good Morning Camera. I am one of your hosts, Gadget, and every two weeks at our current schedule, I'm joined by Anthony, and we are here to talk about all things cameras and really technology in the creator space. We are nerds about this. We love this space. Uh, sometimes we get really technical. Sometimes we just like to think about what certain products mean to the industry, and sometimes we even share some of our personal workflows. So this is a fun show. We've been really enjoying it. We've rocketed past 3,000 downloads. So thank you to all the listeners, and for those of you that have left a review, thank you. If you haven't, please do leave a review on iTunes because it does help with the discovery of the show. But first, Anthony, are you ready for this? We got a lot of spicy topics here. <laughs> There's so much good stuff in this episode and things like hidden gems that we have found recently. And now we can preach this knowledge to the public. So this is going to oh. be a good one to get into. Oh, oh, this is going to be fun. First, we're going to talk about the sort of announced Canon EOS R3. So hear me out. Um, with any of these cameras nowadays, there's always rumors bubbling. And uh, this is not the rumor train anymore because Canon came out and sort of made a pre-announcement like they did with the R5 last year. And they told their audience that we have a Canon EOS R3 under development. The body looks like their 1DX Mark III. It has this mm -hmm. pro, um, you know, almost built to, to withstand turbulent conditions body design where it has the vertical grip as well. Let me just read a bit from their pes uh, press release. Not press, press release, press release. At the heart of the EOS R3's camera's performance will be an EOS camera first, a camera developed full frame stack CMOS sensor with backside illuminated design, providing substantially faster readout speeds during still imaging recording. This completely new sensor is designed to produce less rolling shutter distortion during electronic shutter operation and offers continuous electronic shutter still image shooting at speeds up to 30 frames per uh, second with dual pixel CMOS AF and auto exposure. Mm -hmm. going through this press release <laughs> so you don't have to what i'm taking away from this the sort of things that stand out to me the most is that one you're getting a brand new sensor it is not a global shutter it's just going to give you less rolling shutter you're going to shoot really really fast 30 frames per second up to 30 frames per, per second with that dual pixel af but later down in this release the thing that is piquing my interest is that they are bringing back an, a new version of their eye control AF2. Yeah. Now, details are kind of sparse with this. So I want to say, people, this is uh, equal parts reading the press release and equal parts us kind of guessing what this looks like in practice. What I garner from this is that when someone is looking through the viewfinder of this camera, what their pupil is looking at should be the focus being tracked of the subject. So yeah. Anthony, hearing all this, reading the, the the press release and all the news around it, what are your what are your early thoughts? What do you think about this camera? Yeah, so that was like that was actually I didn't even know that technology existed uh, in the past, and that was a feature that was on one of the previous Canon cameras, but I never heard about that ever 
Um, but uh, I was listening to the DP review guys talk about how sometimes it was unreliable and for some people it really worked, some people it didn't. Uh, I think uh, Jordan from DP review, he was saying how, yeah, it worked perfectly actually for him, but his wife, uh, it didn't. So uh, I don't know if it if it's like a factor of like the glasses kind of interrupting that feature. Um, so for me, that would be uh, probably an issue. But if they can revamp that technology and bring it into like a one dx kind of body uh that is going to be actually a huge benefit for people who are like sports action wildlife photographers that's going to be a crazy crazy feature yeah i'm reading this and i want to get excited about it but i want to also temper my expectations because (laughs) uh, you know it's one of these features that if executed perfectly well you almost forget about it. And that's when a really good feature exists, right? It is doing all this crazy computation in the background and it removes the layer of abstraction. You're not thinking about it. You're not thinking or witnessing the computer computing, if that makes sense, right? You should be able to just look through the viewfinder and it is looking at what you're looking at and that object is in focus and you see a little square around it. That would be the perfect execution I won't lie, though. Part of me is a little worried that it'll come out. (laughs) This will be a just phenomenal camera. It'll perform and you'll get such robust files that Mm -hmm. you can, you know, really work with. But what's going to steal the headlines is those kind of clickbait experiences where it doesn't work. So, you know, I'm a little wary of this being front and center on the press release. (laughs) Um, But I, I won't lie. I am excited to see how this works in practice. The other thing I'm going to take away from this, and I don't know if you thought the same thing, but it seems like the R3, their mirrorless now RF mount camera, Mm -hmm. is sort of their 1DX Mark III in the DSLR world, where it's bringing in a sensor that's not too much, where 30 Mm -hmm. megapixels is kind of that sweet spot when you're looking for something, uh, focusing on speed, focusing on, as they say, nature, wildlife, sports, photojournalism. This seems like their new 1DX Mark III, which has me thinking that the rumored R1 might be something that goes beyond this, maybe way more resolution and and even more advanced sensor. What do you take away from this R3? Because they're bringing back, uh, they brought the three here. What does that Mm -hmm. mean for the one and what does this mean for consumers? that's that's the the hard part and that's going to be the decision making kind of process that a lot of people are going to go through because they are saying this is not a 1dx camera it looks exactly like a 1dx camera but they're saying this is just under the 1dx line so consumers are going to have to decide whether or not they want to try this out or wait and see what's going to happen down the road because if this is like a watered down 1dx what's the next release going to be although this has some pretty banger features um, that seem pretty slick uh, they're they're saying that this is just under the 1dx line so that means like there is going to be the next 1dx that's just might actually like destroy whatever this r3 happens to be right uh, and they didn't release any um any kind of video specs or anything like that but one thing i can say is i think canon has learned their lesson uh in the video front they they took a hard hit this year with all this overheating talk so uh, i think a bigger body uh, will be really beneficial uh, if this camera includes some pretty crazy video specs um there's probably going to be some better heat management in that kind of body so it's going to be really interesting to see fascinating stuff man and again i th- i think that 
like you said, they're learning and they're getting that yeah. feedback. And when things are going to market, they're also getting more data, right? Where people are pushing this thing in real yeah. world environments um, and having a lot more data to work with. So with that bigger design, I mean, I'm excited to see what video functionality comes out of this thing as well. But first, we have to talk about some new rumors coming out of the Fujifilm space. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're getting on the rumor train again, Anthony. We're getting on the rumor train, okay? Because it does a not lot stop. There's, There's a lot to a unpack lot. here. Yeah. Um, it's no secret that for my personal uh, gear and work that I do, I use Fujifilm gear. So yeah. you you do the same as well. You use a lot of Fujifilm gear. Um, and, yeah. and it's pretty safe to assume that FujiRumors.com is a site that we frequent often, especially before we're about to buy something, right? You know, you yeah. just want to make sure that there's nothing new coming out before you pull the trigger. And lo and behold, there is a, this, this rumor here of a Fujifilm X-H2 coming yeah. out next year with an 8K video focus. That this yeah. thing is going to be their <laughs> flagship and it is going to be able to capture in 8K DCI or UHD. On top of this, this was also accompanied by rumors of a Mark II version of two really, really beautiful lenses in their lineup, the 56 mm -hmm. millimeter 1.2 and the 23 millimeter 1.4. This is all yeah. exciting stuff. So let me just get your first impressions. You read this, I, I send you the link. <laughs> what, what's running through your mind at this point? So the X-H2 uh, was, people are waiting for the X-H2 for sure. There's there's a lot of video shooters that are are just holding back on the X-T4, uh, thinking that there is going to be an X-H2 uh, camera coming out in some somewhat near future, and it looks like that was true. Uh, and Fujifilm even said that the X-H2 line, or X-H line, was just not dead. So this is really exciting to hear that it's actually coming, uh, and it's coming somewhat soon. Uh, next year is is not too far off but uh 8k in this camera uh there's some like uh we got to think about this one a little bit more strategically than some of the other lenses um i don't know if you want to just start with like the xh2 because there's so much to unpack here but i think it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not they go 8k 60p because think about this when they they released the xt3 it was one of few cameras that shot 4k and had 60p so if they can get 8k 60p in this is gonna just make fuji even more underrated than they kind of already are right now they're they're releasing some incredible stuff and people who shoot fujifilm love them but then everybody else just disregards them as oh this is just fuji colors and uh yeah the people are hyped about like classic chrome and classic neg you know yeah, so yeah this is this is a huge deal for fujifilm yeah i want this to be true and again this is just a <laughs> yeah. rumor we're reading on a rumor site with a pretty good track record when i'm reading this i'm getting excited because you know i use the xt3 and xt4 uh, for a lot of my YouTube content, uh, yeah. for all the videos we do for Henry's, for a lot of the smaller productions, for mm -hmm. client work, um, we use cinema cameras. We'll use a Red Gemini, uh, a Canon C300 series cameras, you know, for music videos or commercial mm -hmm. work. Those are the things we go to. And for many years, I've been uh, telling people directly at Fujifilm and indirectly, I want you yeah. guys to make a cinema camera because their features are so rich in what they provide. And especially- They're so with close. The, 
Yeah, there's, F-Log there's is, there. a, is, a, is a great log format that just gives you a good amount to work with. Um, but even if you want a quick turnaround, Eterna is so beautiful than what you yeah. get from a lot of cameras on the market. Now, this, from what I read, is not really a cinema camera, but it really bridges that gap in terms of uh, what it can do. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping that they kind of push the body design in that direction as well, especially with a full HDMI port. Yeah. I'll be too. honest. If this camera did 6K at yeah. 60p, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a home run personally. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the 8K 60, I mean, this is interesting. I think it's going to grab headlines. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's necessary, but hey, sometimes you need that that sort of grand slam, so to speak, <laughs> to really, really close that market share gap. So I agree. All I'll say with respect to the camera, uh, good luck to you. Godspeed. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing what this turns out to be. Let's go to the lenses. Before we go to the next topic, let's go to the lenses. Yeah, please, please. The 23 millimeter 1.4 is, is a beautiful lens on their system. Um, I prefer the 23 F2 because of how I use that focal length and the weather resistance and the portability of it. But this yeah. has me intrigued. More interestingly, the rumor of a new 56 1.2, uh, which I imagine might have weather resistance uh, and better autofocus, and I'm hoping keeps the same optical formula. That's really interesting. And, you know, it all, it's also interesting because they just released a 50 millimeter 1.0. So, you know, really yeah. providing a lot of options for people that are going to be shooting portraits. Do you like what Fujifilm's doing here where they're re-releasing some classic favorites with some upgrades or would you rather they focus their attention on differing focal lengths? So yeah, I was a little confused by the 56 millimeter one because they just released that 50 mil 1.0. So I I was just accepting the fact that, okay, the 56 mil, uh, the Mark one is gonna be there and then your, your other option is gonna be the 50 mil. Uh, but it is nice because that 56 mil Mark II is still like the same size as the original 56 mil. Um, so the 50 mil 1.0 is a pretty large lens. And if you want to keep the most compact setup, then uh, the 56 mil Mark II might be the better way to do it if you're going to get one of the newer lenses. I'm hoping they really improve the uh, autofocus for video. That's going to be an interesting one. But overall, I'm not as excited uh, about the 56 mil Mark II as I am about the 23. The the I have the 56 mil Mark One and that's a great lens. You're not really using that for like the stuff that requires like fast action kind of things, right? Whereas the 23 is your everyday all around kind of carry lens. You can do just about everything with the 23 mil, uh, and the 23 mil 1.4, the original one was a little bit slow. You would miss moments. So, and then it just wasn't very usable for video. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge upgrade. And I think it's probably one of the most needed upgrades uh, for Fuji um, because yeah, the, the 23 mil F2, like that's nice because it's weather sealed um, and it is so small and it's great for video. I use it for video all the time. But at F2, when you're kind of close up, it's just it's always lacking something you just want a little bit more sharpness whereas i feel like you're gonna get it with the 23 mil f 1.4 mark ii yeah yeah i mean i get really nerdy when it comes to uh, lenses <laughs> and i i've done a ton of reviews on my channel 
uh, about these Fuji lenses. And what's interesting to me is that you kind of see two approaches. They just released the 18 millimeter, right? Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I actually received yesterday. I didn't even tell you this. We didn't even get a chance oh to catch up. But actually, it's actually back there. <laughs> um, and I look at that, and in my early, early sort of just playing around with it, I'm, I'm just comparing it to my favorite 16 millimeter 1.4. And that one, yeah. you give up some of the, you know, the manual f- uh, focus clutch is not there, but you got the weather sealing. The focusing yeah. is their newer system. It's, it's snappy. It's noticeably faster than the 16. Um, and you look I mean, at sort of their 27 millimeter Mark II version that they just released, released, where they had one and they released an updated one that has weather sealing now and the, the dedicated aperture ring, but nothing else changed. It's the same focusing motor. It, it's the same optical yeah. formula. So I'm interested. Like I'm, I'm hoping that these lenses do see an advancement at least when it comes to autofocus because more 100%. and more people are using this uh, Fujifilm ecosystem for video. And I think continuous yeah. autofocus and improving the lens autofocus, that is going to pay dividends. So again, I, I, I don't want to speak more than what the rumors kind of share here, <laughs> yeah. but I would like to see the autofocus system upgraded along with this. Before uh, we move on, Gadjin, um, tell me the next uh, Fuji lens that you would like to see remastered since we're, we're going through the lenses here. It's always been the same answer uh, since I took this lens uh, to India last year and you know shot exclusively on it, and it is the 35mm 1.4. So that lens, again, the 50mm equivalent focal length, it's not my personal favorite. I like the wider 35 but that lens, I got it, and I'm like, you know what? On this trip, I'm just going to shoot exclusively on this, and I, I'd rather be a little bit tighter just in case. And th- there's a special rendering that that lens has, and and now and I got I got it. I understood it after shooting it, and I and I shot this beautiful review of it, and seeing other people's reactions, I get why people love this lens, and I. I just hope when I when when that lens wasn't on this list, I won't lie, I died a little. Um, I hope that is on the roadmap where they can figure out how to keep the look of that lens and 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 its kind of yeah. unique characteristics. And it's interesting; it's almost like it's flawed, and the flaws are what give it this beautiful rendering. If they can update that with modern focusing and weather yeah. sealing. I might just buy two, Anthony. I might just buy two. But enough of my future purchases and my wish list. We got to talk about something else, okay? This is not, hey, this show is not sponsored by Fujifilm. We can't give them too much airtime. I know they love it, but we got to yeah. rate it back a little. They're clearly um, listening to us, that's for sure. <laughs> the team at Rode have released Rode Connect. So you probably would have heard of Rode. They make microphones and especially their Rode wireless go lav mics which is just you know an amazing wireless lab solution well they just released uh an app a free application that and again anthony i'm gonna let you take the reins on this but essentially mm-hmm. allows you to mix and monitor audio for free your laptop becomes a mixer and you're just plugging in mics what is this all about yeah, so this is pretty. This is pretty sick because I was just looking into the road, uh, the Rodecaster Pro, uh, and this almost makes me question, like, uh, why, 
why you know <laughs> why would you give all this away for free there's a lot of stuff in this it's just like essentially a piece of software that you could just download uh and you can connect up to four uh, usb microphones i love how they realized it would be very easy to like lose track of each mic uh, and where it is on the actual mixer without seeing the physical um like mixer on your desk and seeing which cord leads to which so they release this like color code system uh that goes on top of certain microphones uh and then it's all like connects to your computer you see the colors on the computer so you know which ones you're actually changing and manip manipulating uh the virtual channels allow you to loop in any audio that's coming from your computer so you can play like youtube spotify or like even a zoom call uh it's it's like a it's a water down system for somebody who is kind of new to podcasting but it offers a lot of like audio channels and even like eq settings like a compressor like noise gate anything like that so road has a really good strong handle on the new people who aren't so audio specific and like technical but really want to start creating content and make it instantly that's what i love about the roadcaster pro is it's you sit down you record and it's done and it's ready to upload and this is the exact same thing except just like a virtual kind of copy of that so super interesting i'm super pumped about it yeah and i'm looking at this and it is just exciting because the yeah. barrier to entry to record you know it might be a podcast but also it might be a voiceover or an interview yeah, or yeah, an exactly. assignment for school it, it can be any number of things but you're seeing Time and time again, the technology getting cheaper, uh, the mm -hmm. software becoming close to zero. In this case, it is zero. So yeah. this has me really excited. And for those of you that have thought about getting into it, I encourage you, check out the application Road Connect and see. Because essentially what this allows you to do is take in microphone audio, sources mm -hmm. of audio, and control what they sound like, You know what the mix is like, and, and really give it a more professional feeling than if you were just going to hit record and then send that file raw. So uh, this is great. I, I'm excited yeah. about this. When I saw this, I'm like, I know Anthony's excited about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see where this goes. And and to be honest, I think this is just great for everyone, even though you might not yeah. be Rode. I, this is great for Rode, but I think this is great for other competitors that they're going to start looking at how they can either integrate into this or provide a competitive option. But first... Yeah. It is that time of the show, Anthony. It is that time of the show. It is time for creator draft <laughs> picks. This is the part of the show where we share a piece of technology or, or hardware that we've been using, that we've been enjoying, that has been making a noticeable impact in our creative lifestyle. Anthony, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, <laughs> the Black Magic Atom Mini Pro damn well changed my life. <laughs> it, it changed my life. It changed yeah. my life. You know, I, I am I, I am streaming. You. I am recording. I'm always doing something with video on the internet, okay? And it has been jumping through hoops to find the perfect solution. Mm -hmm. I think this got me right to the edge. It may be <laughs> over, the, over the line. Who knows? But what this does, <laughs> it gives you the Atom Mini Pro from Blackmagic. 
it gives you the ability to bring in four channels of video. So four sources via HDMI. It could be a camera. It could be, in this case, I have an iPad connected. I also have a laptop connected. I could mm -hmm. also connect my PS5 or Nintendo Switch if I want to do some uh, streaming from my video games. It yeah. brings it all in allows me to do picture in picture, do transitions, cut between sources with these big, easy to use buttons. It also allows me to stream this directly to the internet with an ethernet port. They have the software that comes along with it that allows you to monitor everything, but also throw in slides and images and even videos if you wanna have that. You can also record to a disc. So maybe you don't wanna do it live. Maybe you wanna just record this for a YouTube video. Well, it mm -hmm. allows you to record directly to a hard drive via USB-C. I am in love with this thing. I am mad at my past self, Anthony, for not researching this and getting this sooner. So again, that's a Blackmagic Atom Mini Pro. If you are curious about streaming, if you're curious about recording multiple sources of video, this is such an easy way to get up and running and absolutely worth it. But enough about me. Anthony, what is your creator draft pick this week? So I'm glad you explained all that because we can take everything that Gadgen just said and apply it exactly to the VR One HD by Roland uh, because this Ooh. is this is a live stream mixer device as well, but it's also for video editing. Uh, and like I said, it's almost exactly like the Blackmagic. It's a little bit more pricey. You do get uh, two XLR uh, inputs, which is really really nice. Uh, you can download the Roland VR Capture app and record directly to your uh, desktop or, or computer or whatever you're doing. I recorded a YouTube video. Uh, it was like a five minute YouTube video. I recorded it in like five minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, and it was on my computer, edited, ready to go. Uh, you can do the same picture in picture um, buttons. They're all physical buttons on the mixer itself. You do the split screen. I got my other laptop hooked up to it. I got my phone hooked up to it and all i got to do is just sit down press a button and now i'm on the go and if i want to say hey you know follow me on instagram i split screen myself and follow i got my instagram up on the computer in the video all ready to go so these things are actually so crazy and i love like you said it too i'm so mad at myself for never understanding like what the heck these things were because this has just saved me so much time it took me longer to export the video at a premiere of course than it did to actually shoot and edit the video <laughs> in total. Yeah. Uh, on the Roland VR One HD, uh, you have like actual um, like sound, like it's like a, a mixer, so you can you can move up and down like the volume of your microphone. I don't know. Does the Black Magic have the on air button? Because this one is yes. huge. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. It does. <laughs> And it goes, it goes red. It lets me yeah, know, Anthony. It, gets, it lets me know. Because okay. that thing, like, it's so big on the VR1 HD. And I was like, okay, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I mean, folks, you have two solutions. Two solutions here for you to research. Where it seems like we both love this thing. Maybe we kind of have to talk about this and come back in a future episode to say, you know, what is yeah. one better at than the other and vice versa. But you, you at least have two to research and look into. And with all that, thank you so much, Anthony, for your time. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on another episode of Good Morning Camera. Once again, if you're not already, please do subscribe to the show. And if you're on iTunes and the podcast app, please do leave a review because it helps other people find the show as well. 
as always, my name's Gadgen. His name's Anthony. And we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs>